Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Clock Out the Vicarious Life. We have today Jared Hardy. He's a retired law enforcement officer turned full-time traveling entrepreneur, podcast host, and author. He is retired and travels the world with his wife in their Airstream. Hello, Jared. Welcome. Thanks, Tracy. It's an honor to be here with you. And I always love intros. I think we should require people's moms to write all their intros. How would your mom introduce you? She would say stuff like that. I got literally, I tried to like, what would my mom say? She would say it the best, but then she would also probably segue into a, well, you should have seen this one time, you know, he was this kind of a kid. Cause she'd want to balance out that you're not perfect. Sure. You know, <laughs> but good she parenting there. <laughs> yeah, she's great. That's awesome. That's that's a good point. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe we'll just just do some sort of a, a content based on having people share their mom's <laughs> introduction. Yeah, a great whole idea. episode of moms bragging about kids. Yeah. So, Jared, it is so funny that we come and cross paths this at this point in our lives via podcast, because although you're not here in Butte like I currently am, you were born in Butte. Tell me about that. Where'd you come from? Tell me about law enforcement. Let's hear some stories. Yeah, so I was born in Butte. Uh, my parents were real, real young when they had me. My mom was 17 and my dad was 19. And this was, uh, you know, back in the early 70s. And, you know, young parents at that time didn't have a whole lot of options. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's you know, you're getting thrown adult life real, real quick at a young age there. So sure. they... Uh, Joined, my dad joined the Air Force, and raised, we raised our family moving around. My brother and my sister came along later, and it was the five of us, but we always came back to Butte you know, every couple of years to check in with family and stuff. So it's always been a very special place to us. And sure. uh, then I was able to move down there after I got out of the military and spent four years there. I went back to college to see if I liked it anymore the second time. So I went to Montana Tech for a year, and I didn't like it any better. And then I was fortunate enough to get hired with the police department there and spent the first four years of my law enforcement career running around the streets of Butte. Fabulous. And you said you had a stint in the military. What branch did you serve? I did Air Force four years as well. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks for your service. Beautiful. Sure. They have the best uniforms too. Anytime I see their uniforms, I'm like, man, they just shine. <laughs> yeah, it's a good quality of life for the military. And, and they have... You know, what I think is a lot of the most translatable skills to civilian world. So sure. it works very well. Yeah. And, and did you, is that where you decided to go into law enforcement? Did that come from your military career? It or? was. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okay. So you, so you were a police officer in beautiful Butte, Montana for four years. And yep. where did you go from there? Did, did you get married in that time frame? Or? We did. Yeah, did. we got married, started our family in Butte. Uh, so my two oldest kids were both born in Butte. And then uh, we, honestly, it was just tough to make a living up there. You know, Montana wages kind of are, are behind a lot of other states. And we had opportunity to be close to my wife's side of the family. So grandparents were around the kids, but have a much different financial outlook. So we ended up moving to northern Colorado and Fort Collins. Okay. Very cool. And that's, and that's where the story goes. So we stayed there for 21 years. We finished our careers there. We owned some businesses. Uh, some properties and then we sold it all in 2021 and hit the road. Now we're full-time traveling. Wow. Okay. Well, let's, let's break that story down a little bit for listeners. Cause you are, how old are you right now? If you're born in the seventies, I'm going to put you at about yeah, 40, I, 41, 42, just turned 50. 
50. You're kidding me. You don't yeah. look a day past uh. 32. <laughs> Uh, thanks. I see my mom would tell you to say that too. There it is. Yes. <laughs> and my mom told me to make sure you go young on age. So 50, yeah. incredible. And yeah. you, so you've essentially been ret- retired since 21? No, I left in 2018. So that's, that's a whole other story. So I, you know, in law enforcement, I love the career and I love the profession, but I saw what it did to people that stayed too long, right? Like it, it's a very stressful job. You're dealing with a lot of negativity. It's a lot of, carrying other people's emotions while trying to process your own. Right. And I saw just too many people that stayed like 25, 30, 35 years. And then when they did get to retire, their zest for life was gone. They, they, they were just almost just going through the motions of life. So my wife and I had conversation. We're going to do 20 years and no matter what our financial situation was barring like a drastic medical deal, um, it was our job to set ourselves up to go do something else. Wow. You, so you guys had that forethought that far in advance. I mean, just prepared no matter what. Yeah, we were really big on reinventing ourselves. And, you know, if life is an 80-year journey, mm-hmm. you get like four 20-year chapters, right? Like the first 20, you're kind of being raised and going to school. Then you got another 20 to go make money and set yourself up. And then I don't know what the last 40 looks like, right? Sometimes you sure. get, you get a Delta belt, bad hands, you get a, you get a disease or something that cuts short and we didn't want to take any of that for granted. So, so when we say retired, Colorado's 401k, so no pension. So we walked away from guaranteed money and the security of every other week paychecks and benefits. Sure. And that money's all invested for future Jared and Andrea. Yeah. So we knew. We're going to walk away from this, but we, we just believe we can reinvent stuff. Sure. So, um, so we had owned a mixed martial arts gym at the time. So we put heavily into our gym and built that business. Um, and then we just kind of started looking like, what is it we want to do? And we wrote a book, started a podcast, and that's kind of where we're at now. So you're a serial entrepreneur for sure. You got your, you're dabbling in a little bit of this, dabbling in a little bit of that. Uh, what, so you've got a gym, was your wife involved in the gym or did she, was she an nope. employee for 401k too, or did she, how no, did that work? No, no, we were, she stayed at home. That was one of the reasons we moved to Colorado is because when we first got down there in 2001, the economy was a little different than it is today. And, and it was, a uh, it was a very good life. Like I could work full time as a police officer and she could stay home with the kids. So we didn't have the daycare stuff. That was very sure. important to us. Um, so no, we, she stayed at home. She worked some part-time stuff just to get out of house and do things she enjoyed. Um, but then she also started a personal training business towards the end of my police career. So she had that going kind of as her, uh, personal training and wellness was her focus. And I was running the gym and, and working with my partner there. And then, uh, then we had a talk and we went to this stinking rock up the Poudre River. If you're ever in Fort Collins, go up to Poudre Canyon. It's a beautiful area. The Poudre River runs right through it, mountainous. And um, we sat down on the thinking rock, and she told me she she didn't think she was going to be happy when our youngest graduated and moved out. And uh, she had an idea. And, you know, I was a city kid. Most of my life, I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C., so I had never – I didn't enjoy camping. The most camping I did was in the military when they dropped you off in the woods and left you for a week. Um, 
So I never camped. I never owned a pickup, never had a trailer. And at the Thinking Rock, she's like, I believe we should sell all our stuff and go travel on an RV. I love your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So I was like, man, I don't know. So then I started watching all kinds of YouTube videos and stuff because I literally, like, I swear to you, Tracy, I didn't even know how to back a trailer up. So I'm watching like all these videos on, how, and I have my son's, I found some old toys in his closet and I'm like, got these little trucks and I'm backing up. So I'm like, okay, if I turn this way, the trailer goes that way. So yeah. when we literally say we had no idea besides YouTube, I had never touched any of this stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you, okay. So it's her idea and she just wants to, to sell everything. And at this point you guys have rentals. I'm assuming yep. you guys had acquired a rental portfolio. What? Yep. And a lot of my listeners do the same thing, myself included. We have real estate. What made you decide to unload that rather than handing it off to be managed so you could keep the income? COVID. COVID. Oh, okay. Cut, just cut right to the chase. I mean, yeah. when people don't have to pay rent, yeah, it's a liability, right? Like if I, I have these things as an asset until until I can't run them the way I want to run them. And we had had a property in Myrtle Beach, so we had a beachfront property. And we were kind of tired of the storms. And I mean, it just, and we were like, okay, would we, you know, something you're big on, Trace, is freedom. Yes. So part of our thought is we talked, okay, if we, if we leave, mm -hmm. we have all these strings, are we really free? Right. Or are we still pulled back? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the economy, like, if I'm being perfectly honest, we're selling stuff for way more than we bought it for because of the current state of the economy. And we're like, okay, at some point there's going to be a reset here. What's that going to look like for us? Do we just cash out right. and then we can always buy back in down the road? I think that's one of the big things for listeners is a decision you make today doesn't have to be permanent unless you make it permanent. I love that. Oh my God. Right? So many people, when they're talking about big changes and they, they talk to people like you and I, they're like, oh my God, but they're so devastated by what could happen and they, they think that they're permanently stuck wherever they move or whatever job they take or whatever opportunity that they reach out to. It's like, man, you can always go back, but I promise you, you won't, but you can pivot right. and go somewhere else. It's a stepping stone. It's always a stepping stone. Right. And yeah. it just puts you in, in positions to meet different people or open new doors and, and find pathways. And, you know, like, like when I left police work, I was 40, like 44, 45, I think, I had other policemen betting, like literally telling me they were betting that I would be back within a year because yep. that's what they had seen. Yep. And and they weren't doing it negativity. They weren't doing it because they didn't like me. Sure. It's just kind of what you're accustomed to, right? Minimize risk, be risk yep. adverse at all cases. Yep. You got pension, you got security, you got paychecks, you got benefits. Stay here. What, what else can you find? And you're good and at I'm it. Like, you know it. So, right, you know, do what you know. <laughs> you're yeah. good at it. How and, many times do you hear that? Oh, gosh, why would you give that up? You're so good at it. Right. right? <laughs> and, and that was, uh, man, I was like, there's more to life mm. than the security of a paycheck every two weeks. There has to be. Yeah. So I want to go find out what else is out there for us. Absolutely. So what have you discovered in the years that you've been trying? First, first and most importantly, does your Airstream have a name? 
course, the queen. The queen. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) What has the queen taught you and what kind of traveling? Where where are some places you've been, some things that you've learned along the road? Okay. So we've been on the road now for two years. June will be the end of our second year traveling full-time. Last year, we hit 21 states, which is a few too many, we, we decided. It was a little too quick. Um, so this year we stayed out West for the winter. So we've been in Arizona actually since November, traveling slowly around the state. Um, what's the best thing I've learned? I'll tell you this, Tracy, and that's what I share with everybody. Uh People are freaking good. There are a lot of good fucking people in the world. If you turn off the news, Mm. get out of the newspaper and go out and just meet some people, you're going to be shocked. Oh boy. And it's kind of like you were saying before the show, like, we want the stories behind the stories, and we don't want a lot of small talk on a podcast. But yeah. I feel like that is a camping circle. Yeah. Right. right? You, you're there. You don't have time for the small talk and whose yard's greener and the price of bread at the store. Like nobody cares because you're only going to see each other for about a week. Yeah. So your job is to figure out, okay, is this somebody I want to stay connected with sure. through travel or are we just not the same kind of people? Yeah. And so are you – are you meeting people along the way? I, I'm assuming, what, are you going into RV parks? Or are you no. like a BLM camper? What, what kind of places I'm, are I'm you guys a, parked? Yeah, we're boondockers. So we're boondockers. right now, we've been out, yeah, we've been out 20 days at a place called, uh, well, moving around Mitri Lake area outside Yuma. Now we've, campgrounds, we do state parks every now and then, but most of the time we're kind of out. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, well, you, through social media, through the podcast, people will find us and meet up with us. Okay. Will you define what boondocking is just for listeners that aren't quite sure? It's like tr- traditional camping, right? Like you go out, you get away, you have all your water, your power, you're, you're not connected to anything. Um, and you just have peace. Yeah. Very good. So you and you are finding people just so randomly, like myself, for example, we've got a sprinter van, we're out traveling. So you're saying I just got back from Arizona, uh, Utah, et cetera. So had we known each other prior, you would have extended the invite and said, oh, hey, we're camped here on BLM land, stop by. And I would swing for by sure. and park there, hang out for a little while till I leave. That's kind of how you're living your life right now with the people that Love you it. meet. Yeah. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's just amazing the people that are out in the world. And especially yeah. in the traveling life, kind of just saying like, wait a second, I want to find more. I want to get away from all the, the noise of find because you find yourself, yes, right? Because the quiet, you get to find yourself a little bit. But then you also, when you start finding yourself, you're like, wait a second, I do want to be curious about other people. I don't want to just pass people all day, every day, going to and from work from our neighborhoods, but never really knowing them. Like there's I... something to this. I agree completely. I feel like when you slow down enough where, like you said, you get to know yourself, you get connected with yourself. When you, when you uh, solidify who you are and how you feel about yourself, you, the anxiety that you have about what others are thinking of you or what the situation is, that, that really kind of goes away because you're so sure and so confident and so comfortable, that's probably the best word, with yourself that it, it enables you to genuinely stop being so self-centered with, oh, what are they thinking about me? Oh, what am I going to say next? And instead, you can just truly connect with the other person and seek, you know, seek out what they're interested in and be curious, like you said. Well, I think what, it, yeah, I 100% agree with all that. And I think simply it boils down to this. When you are out all by yourself, 
you realize nobody's fucking thinking about you. Yes. <laughs> All these days you worried about what Bill thought about you or what Mary thought about you or Joni or Tommy. Or, none of them were thinking about you. Only nope. you thought they were thinking about you because they were so worried thinking about whatever he's thinking about them yep. that you never got to know each other. Yes, I know. Right? And I think – Yeah, so you get out here and you find yourself and you're like, and none of them people were worried about what I was doing. Only I was worried about what they thought about it. Mm, absolutely. With when did uh, when did you wake up to all of this per se? Were you always kind of an aware yeah, person? Let me, yeah, let me tell you. I'm gonna go all the way back for you on Let's this. Let's go. Is kind of my whole story. So, um, my mom was 16 when she found out she was pregnant with me, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of options when you're 16. What you're gonna do with a child, and and the fact that she kept me has been the purpose I live my life with every day. Mm. I, I, I remember my favorite birthday was when I was a little kid and I was in this room and I had like five cakes. And I remember looking out the windows and there was the fire trucks that would go by. And for, for my whole, uh, you know, younger life, I was like, man, that's the best birthday ever. It wasn't until I got to be an adult that I actually asked my mom. I was like, hey, why did I have five cakes on my birthday? And like, I, I don't know the story. And she's like, well, you you were in high school with me. She was taking me to her GED classes and all the cakes were because all the other single moms also made me cakes. Oh, and so I've known Tracy since I was little Uh that my mom's life was drastically different by keeping me. Yes. So it is my purpose, if you will, my responsibility that I need to live my life every day with all the opportunity abundance I can so that at the end of her life, she never ever wonders was it the right choice Mm -hmm. because I get to do so many things that she didn't get to do because she chose to keep me. Yes. That is right. So so that's kind of where I go all the way back to being aware. And it's weird. Like I was, I started having these thoughts when I was like four years old Mm -hmm. and I remember there was some, some stuff that happened in our family, but I, I just remember like, okay, my job is to do all the things yeah. To try all the things and then tell my mom about it. Mm. That's goosebumps. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this it's back the to truth. my kids. <laughs> I was a young mom too, so I'm going to play this to my kids and be like, listen up, girl, girls, go do something with yourself. <laughs> I tell you what, there's nothing greater, right? There's yeah. nothing greater. And I think that if you know, you're listening to your show and you're about purpose and people mm-hmm. live in purpose, the greatest purpose when you realize that when you live very intentionally, when you live with purpose in your life, you inspire others to do it. Yes, absolutely. And you get to share it. Yes. And joy, like that has been reintroduced to your inner child per se. You know, I always, I tell people it's interesting how when you get older, you look back and you kind of you repeat and you, you come back to your roots of who you were as a child, whether like for me, it's, exploring, wandering, being a gypsy, just kind of a free spirit Love it. and laughing. And oh my gosh, like I never stopped talking. I was just a blah, 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 and talk to anybody and everybody. Um, and, and you know, as you get older and you go through school and society starts to put all these things on you and uh, these rules and these expectations, you start to, you know, you quiet yourself and you put yourself in this little shell. And, you know, as you start to 
awaken again or become aware of all these things and you are reintroduced to your true self, you start to shine again and that joy comes out. And that has been my biggest observation over the past three months since I've kind of given up the, I call it the hustle culture, since I've given that up and decided to just, I've learned to meditate. I've learned to, uh, I'm journaling. I'm doing all of the things to just get to know myself again. And the biggest thing that I've observed is the happiness in my family. My husband kind of randomly giggles and laughs. He's way more playful because I'm more playful and I'm more joyous. And my daughters are around me and they're just so much higher and so much happier and just light. Everybody feels so light and we're not doing anything. We're just same, same, same routine. It's just dinner. It's just driving. It's just whatever, but everybody's happier. And that in itself is a gift to the rest of the world because like you said it's inspirational. It's contagious. It's fulfilling it's for others. Just like you said, it's light. Yes. Right. I forget. I forget who there was a quote I read somewhere when somebody was about to pass away, and it was a real famous person, and they were like, you know, what, what, were you, what are you thinking? And they were literally said, like, I thought life would be more fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think about that. Just like you said, when you're a kid, you're fun. Everything's new, and then as we get an adult stage we're only allowed to have fun on vacations two weeks a year yep right no man life is short there's so much opportunity out here and when you when you become intentional mm-hmm. right like I, i'm intentional i want to protect my space i want to i want to really figure out who i am so that i can better show up in the world right you find other people are doing the same thing you start attracting people at that same wavelength right Yes. And which turn, and you, in turn in turn gives you the happiness and the joy you're seeking because now you're bringing in the people that are also chasing that. Right. And you become a, you become intolerant of those that are that are not that way. And and not not intolerant in a in in a negative way. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm good. I'm going to just drift this other direction. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and this lifestyle allows it, right? Like this lifestyle literally allows us to be like, okay, we got some neighbors and we're not vibing, but cool. We're moving on tomorrow anyhow. So you hitch up you move and find more people yeah. or just go by yourself for a while. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The, the social aspect is something that, cause that, that I have not really considered with, mm-hmm. with the traveling aspect. Um, I'm, I'm new. My husband and I are definitely going to be van lifing it once my youngest daughter is out of high school, you know, just to to be able to travel and see different things and just experience. And, but I never, I have not thought about the social aspect of that. So that's interesting that you say that you randomly meet up with people and, and make friends along the way, because when when I grew up camping, which you didn't, so it's a different experience. It was, you know, you went out with your same people every time and it was kind of to get away from people and to, to isolate. So I've got to reprocess what that vision looks like to be able to meet people while camping, not just while in town or visiting a new community. It's interesting. Yeah, and that, that first year, that was one of the big takeaways we had. It was about three or four months in, we were lonely. We're like, gosh, this is actually kind of lonely. Like, they're, like I love my wife and, you know, living in 200 square feet of house. Sure. You really get to know each other and you got, you got to face problems because there's no getting away or putting off conversations that need to be had, which is great for your relationship. But yeah, there's social sides to everything. And um, yeah, yeah, we're amazed. You just come across the, I would tell you one thing that surprised me is how creative the people are on the road. 
Ooh. I've met more authors, more musicians, more YouTubers, like people that are just really in the artsy stuff. Yeah. I think it's because when you get out here, you have the freedom yes. and so many less responsibilities yes. of it being in a traditional house yep. to really explore it and the time to do it. Yes. And the, the quiet. I just, I just got back from my week long trip in, you know, basically isolation outside of, you know, visiting people in the gas stations and whatever. Other than that, I was by myself in my, in my van and the inspiration, the creativity. I mean, it's, it's coming out my ears, my pores in every direction because you're by yourself and that noise isn't distracting you. You can really get down deep in your soul and allow for like, I, I don't know. I'm a believer that, you know, creativity flat, you know, flows in through another source, right? The universe, sure. your higher self, whatever it may be. And I think that that creative spirit is just able to be connected a lot better when it's quiet <laughs> away mm -hmm. from your everyday responsibilities and the noisiness of the world. Yeah. And, and I don't want people to think like van life or full-time travel has no responsibilities. You have responsibilities. You're trading out some for others, sure. but you have a lot more control over them. Yeah. Which, what, what kind of responsibilities did you add on that you didn't have when you were a traditional liver? Well, well, you got to like, okay, do I have enough water? Am I, do we have water? Do we need to go fill up? Uh, what are our tanks like? Do I have enough gas? Like what's the route we're taking going to look like? What's the weather? You you become more in tune to a lot of things. Sure. That really don't apply to it. the house. You just flip a switch. You got plenty of electricity. You turn on the tap. You got plenty of water. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's going to snow. You just stay inside. Whereas here yeah. you're like, oh shit, we got to pack up and get going. We don't want to be caught in the snow. Yeah. Um, but you can do it in such a condensed period of time. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to spend all day working to pay for certain things, you know? And that's the big thing for us too, is we, we live a, a good life being debt free. So we had the freedom to not owe people stuff so we could make leaps that, that scared a lot of people because we had the safety of like, okay, well, we'll just live on less for a few months if that's what it takes until we yes. figure it out. Yeah. That's, the debt-free component is the hardest piece of advice or inspiration that I have to like talk with people about that ask, you know, that try to replicate because that's what happens. People are going to meet you. They're yeah. going to hear your story and they're like, well, I want to do what he does. Well, how did he get debt-free? Well, you started when you were, you know, in a traditional job, your route is just different. Mm -hmm. The path that you take is different for the people that are strapped down in debt. Those are the people that I have the hardest time giving good advice to that are in their most of them forties, you know, close to my age. And they're like, well, you're debt free. Cause, cause we are too, except for our properties, some of our sure. properties that are producing income, whatever. Um, right. and, and that's the advice that I struggle with at 40 cause they want to make these changes like you and I are able to do right now, but they aren't debt free. And that is, gosh, I just preach to young people from day one, like don't, don't go into debt. If you don't need to don't go to college, if you don't have to, the truck, the big expensive truck, it, it's going to run the same as a, is, is an old, ugly vehicle, whatever. Yeah. And, and I've got a conversation with a friend of mine scheduled for coffee that, that exact question. He's like, how do I simplify my life? And, and that's, my thought is, is get rid of your debt. And he cannot yep. wrap his head around how he gets rid of his debt. And I'm like, sell the trailer, <laughs> sell the truck. Yeah. Don't have the things, but it's, it's a different, it's a different lifestyle being minimalist, not, not, uh, giving into consumerism to just all the things.
How yeah, does that feel? And I think it's right. I think it goes to comparison, right? Once we shake the comparison and the ego side of things, like I have to do certain things to look a certain way. I have to dress a certain way. I have to have a certain vehicle. Once we get rid of the ego, and, and I truly believe once you get rid of that and you realize nobody's actually judging you and thinking about you because they're so worried about themselves. Yep. Or two, if they are, who cares? They're probably yep. not in your circle anyhow. Yep. And they're, they're gut and feeling they have to do. That's something in them that sure. they, you can't fix. For, then, then you go, right? Then once, so, and, and you know, one of the things you want to talk about is how we make money. Like, so I, we've done seasonal jobs in mm. the two years we've been out here. Mm-hmm. One, because I like learning. Sure. Two, I like, you know, new experience and meeting people, kind of that social stuff. And three, like, if I can make a little money being somewhere I want to be and not use my money, that's a win. Absolutely. <laughs> so like here, I'll tell you this story. So I love baseball. St. Louis Cardinals are my favorite team. Yeah. I knew we were going to go to Florida our first winter. Uh-huh. So I just Googled St. Louis Cardinals spring training, right? I know they go to Florida for baseball. I cold emailed the stadium, cold called the general manager. Uh-huh. I interviewed for my wife and I. So last spring, not this one, but the year before, we spent part of our spring working St. Louis Cardinals baseball. It. What an experience, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. For And people are like, well, how much did you make? I made 12 bucks an hour. Perfect. Way less than I've ever made in my adult life. But yeah. guess what? Who cares? Yeah. It was 12 bucks more than I was making. And I had fun doing it. I learned some yeah. stuff. I met some people. And yeah. now I have another story. Like, dude, that you know, I can tell my grandkids whenever we have them someday. Yeah. We work baseball at spring training. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. It, it, it's it's uh, a, gosh, I can't remember who said it, but. They talked about if you want to upgrade your life, maybe it was Jay Shetty. I can't remember. I read a lot of books, mm. but uh, it talks about if you want to be somebody that is inspirational or that is doing cool things in life, but you don't have a very interesting life. How do you, it, it, people like try to find creative ways to make themselves look more interesting? It's like, no, just be more interesting, create more Let's experiences in your life. It's like so simple. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they, they look at other people. They're like, well, they are. I actually heard somebody say like they are lucky to have been a victim of crime because they have this really awesome story to tell. And it's like, no, Cop like out. go create a life by involving yourself in experiences like you're going to gain you, you grow i mean if you are not growing and expanding as a person through and that's through experience through learning through different people and expanding your network then really you're constricting i mean you're you, mm. if you're not doing this then the pressures of the world are going to be pushing back down and you're getting smaller so fill yeah. your life with these experiences and, and like how cool is that if you like baseball go see the inner workings of the system like and get paid right. for it. Yeah, and I'm still in Florida, which beats <laughs> shoveling snow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, though, right? Like, if we remove the ego of how we make our money, and we truly were just like, I just want to make money to be happy. One, I think a couple of things have a one, we'd realize we're happy with way less than we think we are. And two, we'd realize we don't have to work as much. No. We could literally work about half the time and double our happiness. Yes. Yes. Have, hey. um, have you read the illusion of money by Kyle mm-hmm. Cease yet? Ugh, yep. Life changing. Just the pers- just the perspective on money, like chasing, chasing, chasing your entire world. Everything you do is, is for money. But instead, <clears throat> if you're 
doing what your calling in life is, which you, you are so, uh, it, it's awesome that you know your purpose. It's just simply, very simply to enjoy yeah. and to be full of experiences. If you chase that, the resources, they come, they, they present they themselves. They, you don't have to work for money. It lands in your lap because you're doing. That, <laughs> yeah. I just had that talk with my youngest daughter. She's, she's 19. She just, uh, she bought a van. So she's going into van life as well. Cool. And I told her like, you don't go outside and go, where's my next breath going to come from? Oh my God, I got to find my next. You just think it's going to happen. Yeah. So what if you thought about money that way? Like you don't hold it so tight. You can't yeah. get more. You just realize like, if I'm smart with what I have, I will find more. Yeah. It flows. It's a, it's it a resource. It just flows in and out, in and out. <laughs> and the people that have the least usually hold on to it the hardest, right? Like they're the ones that are so worried about where it's going to come from or they just spend frivolously, right? Like it, there's plenty. And if you don't need much, and that's the biggest thing for us is we we're able to make this switch to full-time traveling because we're debt-free and we pared down what our actually monthly costs are. So we need way less income yeah. to have a much happier life. Yes. Yeah. And the, the attachment factor that comes with that too, being willing to detach from things, obviously, um, so that you can travel around. I know so many people too that, I mean, they just have so much stuff because uh, you know, whether it be um, attachment because they, you know, the status of it, but a lot of it's the emotional attachment to it too. And they just can't let go of things. Uh, they're, they're, I mean, oh my gosh, how many people that I know through real estate that have to clean out three and four generations of stuff and they, yeah. it, it's so heavy and it ties you down so much. But the, the second that you let go and then your hands are open to receive experiences and resources and things that, that can come to you naturally that will enhance your life instead of weighing you down by having, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think I got to share, like if people are listening in your community and they're like, man, I just don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I want to do next. That's okay too. Cause here's what I'll tell you. I had fulfilled most of the things I wanted to accomplish in my life. I was very like, okay, I'm good. Like I had this career, I've done MMA, I got a gym, like I'm having a good time. But when my wife said she wanted more and this was her dream, yeah. sometimes we get an idea that our purpose, our, what we're going to do has to be our idea. Sure. Sometimes it's just participate in somebody else's. Yeah. Right. And by following her dream, like saying, yeah, let's follow your dream. I don't know. Yeah. I've discovered a whole new side of me. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's a great takeaway for people is if you're, you're in a marriage, you're in a group and you're not sure what your next step is, yeah. tag along with somebody else that's moving somewhere. Yeah. Right. Moving in a direction and maybe their direction is exactly where you want to go, but it'll open up a door or it'll inspire you or it'll, it'll show you like, well, wait a minute, maybe I do like this. Yeah. And you're gaining an experience. Any, all experiences are going to grow you, whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, because you're either you're growing because it fulfills you or you're growing because you're learning something from whatever that experience was. Even, I mean, I think about uh, your daughter going into van life, for example. It's not for everybody. I honestly don't think it's going to be for me. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I, you know, not attaching to that and being able to just flow through the next thing, no matter what. Mm -hmm. 
you're going to learn, you're going to see new things, you're going to pick up new experiences, and you're going to be better for when the next thing that approaches that does interest you or that you want to do or, you know, whatever, you've got so much more strength, you've got a better base, you've got a better foundation, you've met more people, and it'll be maybe a more enjoyable experience. Just never say no to opportunity. <laughs> Just do. Yeah. Go. You got to answer the door when it's knocking, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love it. What are your, what are your other kids doing? Are you, cause you've got two, three. So three. My, our oldest, so it's funny. So here's, here's a story for you. So everybody, when we sold our stuff and left, mm -hmm. um, they're like, where are your kids going to come home to? Like, don't, yep. aren't you worried about your kids having a home? I will tell you much like you said mm -hmm. earlier, our relationship with our kids, the two years we've traveled is deeper it's more loving, it's more understanding, it's more graceful mm -hmm. because every time we meet them, we're in some place new for all of us. So nobody's bringing baggage back to the house, Yep. right? And I always tell people like, when you go home to your parents' house, it's almost like you revert to kid you, Yes. right? Like the, the emotions, the yeah. pecking order. Mm -hmm. So our oldest daughter is in California right now. We're actually going to move tomorrow and spend a weekend with her in Joshua Tree National Park. Cool. And then our son is actually a bus lifer. He's got a schoolie. He's actually got two of them. He's building one out and living in one. So cool. And and then our youngest just bought her van, and she's hitting the road um, when she's done coaching gymnastics in May. So – but in two years, we've been to Costa Rica with them. They a couple, uh, Florida. Like they've seen us around the country, and, and the fact we're all seeing something new yeah. is super awesome. And then, so many of us as parents tell our kids to take a risk. You know, oh, you can only do this when you're young. Go do it. Go do it. But what if? What if instead of telling kids what they're to do, yes. we just show them? Show them. Absolutely. Show them. Right. Yes. And that's, I mean, that's the one comment we get from our kids all the time is like, mom, dad, we're proud of you. Yeah. Like we're proud. Like when we t go tell our other friends, parents, what you're doing, they just can't believe it. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably one of the biggest satisfactions is knowing that, that our kids look at us and realize, okay, mom and dad take risk. They don't need all the answers. They're, they're willing to try things yeah. like I can do it too then. Like I, maybe I should try something new. Maybe I don't have to go to college. Maybe I don't have to be so scared. Yes. Absolutely. In a world that's fed fear mm. all day, every day, be afraid of this, be afraid of that. Wait, mom and dad are happy. Like they just showed us three new friends they met in the last two months. Yeah. That are also happy. Like maybe I can do this. And it doesn't have to be traveling. It nope. just has to be getting out of your own way to find happiness. Yeah. Oh my God. Like mic drop. That is the best. I'm so glad you took it there from personal experience. Cause that is, that is gold. There's my, so my girls are doing the same thing. They're, they're very, uh, they, they've been very scared, very structured, and they're starting to, with watching us expand out, they're starting to see that the, the traditional ways outside of normal employment is possible. Cause they've watched mom do it through business. They're starting to see that traveling. My daughter actually leaves uh, tomorrow. My, she's just turned 19. She leaves tomorrow and she's going on like a five day trip with, with her best friend. I'm like, Oh my God. Awesome. And exactly like you said, it doesn't have to be travel. Cause some people don't, don't love travel. It's fine. You know, that's totally fine, but just be courageous enough to do something that isn't the traditional route. If it interests you, cause you've got the courage to know that 
risk, risk equals growth. I mean, it's just, that's all there is to it. And if you're growing, you're getting better and just keep trying, keep trying, keep doing it's mic drop. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love it. What would be your last little bit of inspiration for our listeners in terms of finding or aligning with their true purpose before we log out here from somebody that has pivoted numerous times throughout life, who's an author, Mm -hmm. who's a podcaster. uh, And you, you get to hear about all these things through podcasting. So I'm sure you've got lots of messages. What would be your last little tidbit of advice before we clock out here for the sake of time? Um, I would say this, I would say it's your purpose and what, who you truly are going to become and who you are uniquely put on earth to be and to serve is going to show up in the form of work. Hmm. So be willing to do it. Right. Like I, we have this idea now purpose is such a buzzword, right? Vulnerability, Mm -hmm. purpose. I need my passion. And we want to sit back and just wait for it to show. It's going to show up in the form of work. Mm. Absolutely. So be willing to put in work, right? Like work on yourself, sit and ask yourself, why do I talk to myself so badly? Why do I say this to my, I need to work on that. Yes. Why am I not loving to my family as much as I want to be? I got to work on that. Why am I miserable with my career? Maybe it's time for a change. Like, it's going to require work. Yes. Happiness does, does not show up under the Christmas tree on December 25th wrapped with a bow. It's daily work. Yes. And just like we talked earlier, right? Like what is my program to be happy? Well, I journal in the morning. Mm-hmm. I start my day with gratitude. What am I already yes. grateful for before the day begins? What am I grateful for? Because now the traffic jam isn't really that important because I'm grateful I have a car to be in a traffic jam. Yeah. I'm grateful I have somewhere I got to be to meet somebody, right? So so I think that routine, right? Journaling, mm-hmm. meditation, being present with yourself, reading more than you watch TV. Mm-hmm. That opens up doors. And then be willing to do work on yourself. Golden. I love that you referred to work as, in, in, in my opinion, the number one place you should be putting work in is with yourself. Soul work is way harder. That and being a parent, I think, are the two hardest things <laughs> in life because it's, it's, it's hard. It's, ugh, it's intense. It's emotional because mm-hmm. um, most people think that when, the, when you say work, it's, it's grinding, hustling, um, killing yourself for like a job or for whatever. I'm so glad that first and fo- well, that, that stuff is important, too. But I'm glad that you put working on yourself first as the definition for being willing to do work in order to, to be happy. Because key, absolutely key. Jared, where 100%. can people find your awesome podcast, which I have listened to some episodes. I'm going to subscribe and I'm going Thank to you. be following it because it's amazing. We are going to boondock together. But where can they find your yes. podcast and quickly tell me about your Awesome book, Extraordinary People in Ordinary Places as well. Uh, so the onpurposepodcast.com is the website. Um, we're on all major social media or uh, podcast and social media platforms. So you can follow us there. Mm-hmm. And then the book, Extraordinary People in Ordinary Places is out on Amazon. Um, it's no literary genius by any stretch of imagination. It's a random dude just like me. But again, it shows you, you can do shit too if you want to. Like I decided I was going to write a book. I wanted to write a book about the important people in my life 
that were hiding in ordinary places and the role they played to inspire readers to look at like, wait a second, who's around me? Let's quit looking to politicians and sports stars and all these other people for to inspire me. And maybe it's right there. Maybe it's the janitor around the corner. Maybe it's the person at the gas station. And um, it's just been fun. And that was kind of the segue to the podcast to keep sharing pe- stories of people that live life with purpose. Yes, that's that's beautiful. I think people can relate closer to some normal guy like you. You know, they can listen yeah. to these stories of people that maybe they grew up with, they went to school and they're doing extraordinary things. By extraordinary, I mean, they're happy. Like you're a happy guy. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're living yeah. with intention. I enjoy it. Yeah. Happy yeah. to you. That's and, then our, amazing. and if you want to follow along on the travel journeys, we have alternateroads.com. Okay. And that we do a... Uh, we do a weekly blog, and my wife runs all the social media for that on Instagram, and it's a lot of fun um, just sharing more of the travel side and, and what we do out here. Perfect. Well, that sounds fabulous. I will have all of this in the show notes for listeners if they want to check you out either on your – well, actually, they should check you out on all of these sources. But <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And, Jared, thank I appreciate you it. so, so much for your time and for your energy. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for the work you're doing for the world. Um, everybody's story is important, and the more stories we get out, the more people we reach. Amen to that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.